0: Good morning and welcome to Alder Assembly of God. Welcome to a brand new year. Welcome to a brand new sermon series entitled Habits. Now, let me ask you this. How many of you have got a habit? Chances are we've got a number of not so good habits, some irritating habits, some annoying habits. So let's just kind of get it out there. So on the count of three, here's what I want you to do. I want you to yell out a habit that you or a family member might have. Now, if it's the family member and they're like right next to you, I mean, certainly say it good and strong. Just know you might get the elbow. Okay? Maybe that's what the habit is. I don't know. But on the count of three, I want you to to shout out, speak out a habit. A habit you have, a habit, (coughs) excuse me a habit somebody else has, and, and maybe it's a, a somewhat annoying habit. Are you ready? One, two, three. <laughs> I, I heard some of you. Some of you, you know, were, were, you said it, and then others of you were a little hesitant, as in, I'm not sure if I want to say this, because he or she probably knows, I'm probably saying it about him or her. Now I was I was watching. My my wife was 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 silent. So she was probably saying it in her head, but what she was really wanting to shout out was probably he snores. It's a habit if you do it pretty regularly, I guess. And unfortunately, with some of the back issues uh, this past month, it seems like it's made it worse. Maybe because I just, you know, I I had to get in kind of one place and just lay where, you know, normally I would be on my side, Uh, you know, with back issues, you're just kind of laying flat on your back and you can't move too much. Uh, So apparently that's aggravated the the habit. Let's just keep it like that. So um, so maybe that's not what yours is. I'm sure that's what she was wanting to yell and and she just smiled at me. So I, I said it for you. Uh, so I came across this. These are a number of annoying habits. Now, I was, I was really trying to find the top 10 list. You know, there's all kinds of lists out there. And I went through a number of different studies, and I went through a number of different websites and publications, and there was no real definitive top 10 list. But as I compared a number of them, these, these are probably, looks like, maybe 10 or 12 that seem to be on multiple lists so this is going to be our honorary 12 but they're not necessarily ranked by numbers so these are some of the most annoying habits that people do that friends and family members do you can chuckle to yourself and see whether you do some of these annoying habits talk with their hands too much Now, we all tend to, and I'm doing it right now, but there are some who maybe are super overactive talking with their hands. Uh, Apparently, that made a number of lists, talking with the hands too much. Speaking of hands, there are individuals, uh, another annoying habit is cracking knuckles. Knuckles. How many of you that you got a family member, you got a coworker, you got a classmate, and they're just man just always cracking finger knuckles, cracking toes, cracking I don't know what what kind of body parts they're cracking, but it's just things are always popping. Okay. Here's another one that seemed to make a number of lists. People who repetitively, habitually, like through the entire day, clear their throat. Not just when they've got throat issues not just if they've got maybe some uh, throat infection or they're not feeling good but just it's just a, a habitual clearing of the throat that that made a number of lists here's another one individuals who talk loud on the telephone Particularly, some cell phones. How many of you, you know, you're out and out and about in public? Maybe you're in the in the in the mall in the shopping center, and you pass somebody, and they're on the cell phone. And instead of speaking in somewhat of a normal voice or maybe a little bit of a hushed voice, that trusting that that microphone can pick it up and transmit, they're talking like this so that the person on the other end can hear them. Loud talkers. Maybe you are one. Maybe you know one. The loud talkers made the list. Here's another one. It, it made the list. Um, it doesn't have to be just little ones, but apparently, Picking Your Nose, <laughs> Picking Your Nose made the list on, on multiple sites. So I, uh, that, that was in the top 12 here. Um, here's another one that individuals do, and it, it, re, it was reported as rather annoying on a number of lists, fiddling with and playing with hair. Well, if you don't have any, I guess, you know, maybe that's just rubbing a bald head. I don't know. <laughs> but it did make the list as one of the top annoying habits. Here's one. It has to do with food, and it has to do with how you eat it. Yes, chewing with your mouth open. That was a, an annoying habit that made the list, and speaking about chewing and mouth and Here's a somewhat similar, but it's talking with your mouth full. So both of those kind of made, you know, top 10, top 12 lists. Uh, we got four more here, and, like, there's only, like, four more that um, I can, like, share. So, like, here's a, a fourth one that, like, made um, sort of, um, like, cool, like, a whole bunch of, like, um, lists, like, the use of filler words... Like, um, or like. You've got different individuals, and maybe they've got kind of a word for everything. Now, certainly, like, totally, it changes when it comes, you know, based on the year and based upon the decade, but uh, certain words that get repeated over and over, or maybe you've got somebody, and, and their word for everything is just cool. Instead of okay, it's Cool. Or, or whatever it is, there's, there's a particular word that gets repeated and, and, and kind of thrown into conversations. So, like or um we're the, were the top two there, but certainly filler words. All right, we've got three more. Again, these are not necessarily ordered or ranked, uh, but here's three more that I found. Let me, let me see if I can illustrate here. Let me grab one of these pens. Oh, oh, Clicking of the pens. How many of you are pen clickers? Now, it didn't make the list, but how many of you are pen chewers? Pen or pencil chewers, you know, uh, back, in, back in school, a uh, number of different individuals. There was a handful. People would chew the caps, you know, like the, the Bic pens with the cap on top. Uh, they would they would chew, chew the caps up like crazy or or chew the ends of of the pens uh, you know so so didn't make the list, the clicking seemed to make the list more so than the chewing, uh, but certainly when it comes to pens, that's annoying uh, to many, many people. Two more here. We'll see how many of uh, you do these. biting their fingernails, biting, chewing, you know how many people never use a fingernail clipper because This is always in here. So made the list of of people always kind of chewing, chomping fingernails. And here's a last one again, not necessarily in order, but another one that seemed to make every single list. And it was, in today's day and age in modern culture, always in your smartphone. Walking around, always in, always on, head down. And it, it is interesting as, as things progress, you know, you get to restaurants. And you it know, used to be you'd kind of look around. People are in conversations. Now, now you look around restaurants. Everybody's got their head down. You go to the mall, right? Everybody's got their head down. People are, people are walking like this. No matter where you're at, that's what happens. Sometimes even it, it's, well, it, it's funny. Even in, in our house, you know, we, maybe we'll watch a, a show together or something like that. And, and I'll just, I'll kind of chuckle because I'll, I'll look around and, you know, whether it's a, a phone or a tablet or an iPod or, or, or some kind of, you know, digital activity, everybody's kind of doing something and, oh yeah, there's a show or there's a, there's a football game on <laughs> or something. So anyway, that is, that is uh, you know, to many, many individuals, that is one of those annoying habits. So how many of you, you got a number of those, you say, that those are me. How many of you, and this is really it. You know someone for the, yeah, yeah, that's more like it. That's where I should have led with, because you're not going to say that's me. You're going to say, oh, that's my friend. That's my family member. That's my coworker. It's so not like me. It's somebody else. Now, we're not looking at habits uh, saying, okay, I'm going to preach on clicking your pens today, and we're going to, no. We're not looking necessarily at some of those annoying habits that that we all tend to have, uh, could be one or another. Maybe yours made the list. Maybe it didn't. We're really looking at habits. You, you might call them disciplines, spiritual disciplines that the more we can put them into practice, the more they will become a habit. And these are not the annoying habits. These are not the, the frustrating habits. These are not the bad habits. These are good habits, good Godly, spiritual disciplines that ought to take place in our lives. So we're going to spend a number of weeks taking a look at that. Obviously, there's a lot of them. Uh, this, this isn't necessarily an all-inclusive and exhaustive list, uh, but week after week, we'll check out one at a time. So this morning, you can see we're going to be looking at Pray Consistently. Prayer ought to be one of those habits. Prayer ought to be one of those things, those spiritual disciplines that we do on a regular basis. And it's you know, typically this time of the year as we begin a brand new year and we might look at things such as prayer and Bible reading. Have no fear, in future weeks we will get to reading God's Word. This morning we begin with Prayer one of those spiritual disciplines, one of those good, godly habits that hopefully we are developing in our lives. Prayer is really an important form of communication, us and the Lord. And there's been so many forms of communication, everything from the telegraph and the, and the telegram to smoke signals and things years gone by to cards, notes, letters, Emails, phone calls, texts. There are a lot of different ways to communicate. Prayer is really a form of our communication with the Lord. Sometimes, maybe this describes you, maybe you feel as if your prayer, your communication, you and the Lord, you feel as if that communication isn't getting through. You ever had times like that? Maybe you... you spent some time in prayer, prayed to God, and boy, you just didn't feel as if prayer was going anywhere, getting anywhere. As if it was, it was hard to, to connect to God. Or maybe you feel as if, okay, I prayed, but is God really listening? Does He really care? Does He really understand? Or is He really going to meet or answer my prayers? Sometimes that, that comes to those timing situations. As a result of many of these questions, as a result of many of these concerns, many times this is an area where we as a whole can fall short. Ask anybody about their prayer life and no matter how awesome it is, they will probably say, I can pray more or I can grow in my prayer. So let me just start with that. If that's you, which more than likely it is, no matter where we might be in our prayer time, no matter where we might be in our relationship, prayer relationship with God, understand we can always grow in it. And it's not just a matter of growing to say, well, Let me me average it out. Am I praying an extra 30 seconds or or an extra one minute a day compared to last year? It's it's not just about that. Are we growing in this habit, in this discipline of prayer? So I'm going to invite you to to turn with me to the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 6. It's a very familiar passage of Scripture. It's one of those Bible stories that if you've been in the church for a long time, if you've been a boy or a girl in church, uh, this story came up almost every year on a flannel graph story. And, and through you know, childhood and, and uh, kids' church and Sunday school and youth ministry and adults and pastors and evangelists and, and Daniel chapter 6 and, and this particular biblical story, this biblical account has come up many times. Just to give you a a little bit of a background here, Daniel leading up to Daniel 6. King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon had attacked Jerusalem. You see that in chapter 1. And basically, some of the brightest and some of the best young people were captured and brought back to the kingdom, brought back to the palace. And included in that number... Were some of those biblical characters that we're familiar with: Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So you remember. Now, those four individuals really represent two or three very well-known biblical stories. In Daniel chapter one, has Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego and others were were taken from Jerusalem and, and brought back to Babylon. They were given the king's dietary plans, the king's food and wine. And they said no to those dietary things. They said, These things are not things that would please the Lord. And so they said, what I'm sure every single one of you would say, if you had your pick of the finest of the king's menu, they said, we want water and veggies. How many of you, you can't think of nothing better than to go out a night on the town and get a big glass of water and a big old plate of veggies? No steak for you, no lobster for you, no chicken for you, no pork chops for you, no baked potatoes with butter and sour cream for you, no, 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 no frosty glass of Dr. Pepper, just water and veggies. That's what they, they chose. And they did that, and and they found that over time, this short period of time, that they were healthier and better and even better looking physically than some of these others, and so they went according to that plan. What you see then is, in Daniel chapter 3, was one of those familiar texts, the fiery furnace. Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego and others heard a command that when the music played, they were to bow down to this, well, this 90-foot-tall monument to the king. They refused, and they were thrown into the fiery furnace. God protected them. There is a fourth, as unto the Son of God. And then by Daniel chapter 6, it's not King Nebuchadnezzar. We're now up to King Darius, and Daniel was one of three governors. He'd distinguished himself above the others, so much so that King Darius was probably going to place Daniel in charge of everybody else but underneath him. So here's this this young man brought from exile, brought from Jerusalem in. And the good old boys in the Babylonian government, they didn't like that. He was brought in He was having all of this favor. God was blessing, and the king was noticing Daniel above them. And so they got mad. They got jealous. And what happens many, many times in, well, whether it's government or business or just life, scheming and plotting took place. So these other individuals, other leaders and governors said, we've we've got to do something that's going to get Daniel out of our way. But he's just, man, he's just too good. Everything he does is is awesome, and everything he does is just so good, there's no way we can find anything that's bad about him. Somehow they came up with the idea that was what? The only thing that we've got against him is, man, he is so faithful, so committed to his God. And someone probably said, that's it, you're brilliant. Let's convince the king, let's convince the king to make a brand new law, a brand new decree that nobody can pray to or or talk about anyone but the king. So the very thing that Daniel does would now be against the law. They convinced the king, probably sweet-talked him about how incredible he is and how how this should be. Let's have this law in place that you cannot pray to anyone or any other thing, any other God, but just to you, O king. Which brings you to a question before we get into the, the text and the Scripture this morning. If somebody was to look and try to find fault with you, Hand with me, would the only thing they could find fault with be our dedication and our devotion to God? That's a personal question, but it's one to chew on. I mean, how many of us, if someone was really out to get us, take a look to our life or your life and certainly find something that was. Already falling short on its own. With Daniel, the only thing was his his exemplary faithfulness to God. All right, so that kind of sets the stage as we've seen Daniel and others brought in, brings us to Daniel chapter 6. And so this law, this decree is put into place, and now. Daniel Daniel is needing to respond. How is he going to live? What will his habit? What will his pattern be like? Daniel chapter 6 verse 10. Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. This morning in the, in the balance of our time we're going to be looking at the life of Daniel and discovering this first habit. A first godly spiritual discipline that hopefully can be developed in our lives. Very simply, it's this, that we would pray consistently. We see that habit lived out in Daniel's life. He prayed consistently. We're going to look at basically three reasons why this morning. Why should we pray consistently? Why should we develop this habit, this spiritual discipline of prayer? Number one, because prayer is a relationship relationship. Prayer is a relationship. It says he was giving thanks to his God. There was a connection there. There was a relationship between Daniel and his God. He was praying regularly. He was praying consistently because prayer is a relationship. It's a relationship that's privately developed. He was praying on his own. It wasn't necessarily out in front of everybody, out in the square. He was praying privately on his own to the Lord, but building and growing and developing that relationship. How awkward would it be to develop relationships or friendships or marriages if there was no communication? I'm not sure. Scratch that. I know for a fact it would not work well to begin a dating relationship with Kimmy who has captured my heart and to to show up and to spend some time with her, but kind of look around, to never actually talk or share or communicate or build or develop a relationship with her that relationship would really, really struggle to grow if we never communicated. Daniel was not struggling to grow in his relationship with God. It was a relationship. It was on a regular basis. He was praying. He was getting alone. It was him and God several times a day. How about you? How about me? How are we developing our relationship Is the only time that we pray the time spent at church? So if we come to a Sunday school class and someone prays to open the the class, well, that's part of our prayer time. Or if we attend a church service and Mel comes up and and leads us in a prayer time, so we take that, that minute and we pray, is that the only time that we're praying with God? If so... That relationship, us and God, that's not being developed. We're missing out on this habit. We're missing out on this godly spiritual discipline. Prayer is a relationship, us and God. And Daniel 6.10 says he was giving thanks to his God. He was developing that talking and sharing, but... We've also got to be careful. Let's also make sure that we are spending time listening to God. Because many times when we do pray, maybe we come with a, a list. Many people would have a, a prayer list or, or a prayer notebook. And so we, we check off everything we pray about, which is good. But sometimes if we're not careful, we can just pray for everything our notebook put it away and leave without listening without letting God speak and connect and develop that relationship with us this relationship this communication it's, it's two ways right two way communication two way street as many would say now if it's somebody in here don't point don't look don't smile just everybody look straight ahead but chances are good, someone in your family, someone in your community, someone in your neighborhood, somebody in your school, somebody at your work, somebody somewhere is a non-stop talker. Don't listen for anybody. Don't give anybody a chance. Just talk, 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 talk. Everybody looking right up here. And sometimes the way that you feel in the midst of that Someone talks, and you're about to say something, and they keep going. And so you're kind of waiting for them to take a breath, and they're about ready to take a breath, and it's like they, they don't need a breath. They just keep going and going and going. After a while, you, maybe you get a little irritated, you get a little, little frustrated, because you want to add something, you want to share something, but this other individual kind of dominates and talks and talks and talks and talks and leaves. Unfortunately, sometimes that's the case with us and God. We come to God, and it's good that we pray, and it's good that we pray and pray and pray and and share and share and share and pray about needs and pray about this and pray about that, but are we allowing God the time to speak? Are, Are we ready to listen to what He has to say? No, chances are it's not going to be audible voice. But as He speaks, kind of that, that still small voice, that nudge in your heart, in your spirit, through His Word? Are we we ready to receive, to listen to what God has? Communication is developed privately as we connect and as we communicate with God. Let's not rely upon this time together as our prayer time. This can be a part of it. Our our prayer time together, our prayer life together, praying about needs together is great, but let's develop it privately. This, This relationship is privately developed and publicly lived out. One of the stories that was about an area of Africa, Christianity had begun to spread. New believers were enthusiastic and zealous about their daily time with God. They'd read the Bible and they would pray and and they would find their own spot going out into the the wild thickets and and just pouring out their hearts to God, praying and praying and praying. After some time, their little spots, their little paths out to these places would become worn and little paths were created As a result, it seemed as if individuals' personal devotional time, personal prayer time with God that was, well, private, became rather public. Because this person would go to this spot in the thicket, this person would go to that spot in the thicket, and that path would become rather worn. Unfortunately, over time, different ones might begin to neglect that personal time, that devotional time, that prayer time with the Lord, and the weeds and the thickets would begin to grow back on the path. It was pretty soon and pretty evident to others that their their walk with God, that relational time with God was struggling. It said that believers would gently and lovingly remind those The grass grows on your path. Hmm. Imagine if our personal devotional time was really public in front of everybody. What would it be like? Everybody would know whether you opened your Bible or not. And not just just whether you opened it or not. Not just whether you opened up an app or a tablet, however you read the Bible, not just that you opened it, but that you literally read and spent time connecting with God. And not just that you bowed your knee to say a five-second prayer for a meal, but did we literally pray and connect with God? Imagine if that was as public has everything else on Facebook. Ooh, maybe not. There's a lot of stuff that's out on social media. Man, you can track people's lives wherever they go. Imagine if people could do that about our spiritual lives. Would they say the grass has grown on your path? Would they say that devotional time with God is lacking? Would they say that that relationship that we're seeking to develop between us and God is lacking? What we see about Daniel, Daniel prayed consistently because it was a relationship with God. It wasn't just a little check box to check off to say, I did it. He wasn't doing it to try to earn something, earn credits with God. He wanted to develop a relationship with God. For you and I, building and growing and developing this habit, this spiritual discipline, it's really about a relationship with God. Let's pray consistently because it's really a relationship with God. Secondly, why ought we to pray consistently? Why ought we to develop this habit or discipline of prayer? Because prayer is and ought to be a way of life. Again, back to our text, it says, Three times a day he got on his knees and prayed, just as he had done before. What we see about Daniel is this was a way of life. Before the decree and after the decree, he was the same. He didn't live one way and then change. This way of life before was his way of life after. Three times a day, he would pray and spend time with God. We we need prayer, and our life has that discipline, this this way of life in prayer. There's a lot of things we do on a daily basis, right? I mean, think about what you do on a regular day. Think about the things we hope people are doing on a regular day. Think about the things you want your kids to to do on a regular basis, as in every day. You know, sometimes uh, when it comes to particularly like middle school boys, I didn't say it. But, but sometimes in you know, middle school and, and things that don't always happen every day, but you know, we get up and, and we get ourselves ready, maybe, maybe shower, washing our, our hair, brushing our teeth, getting dressed. And, I mean, there, there's things we do on a regular basis. There, there's, there's things we love doing on a regular basis. It might be cell phones and video games and texting and emails and watching sports or playing sports or whatever it might be, there's a lot of things we do on a regular basis. In fact, there's a lot of things we do every single day. And yet when it comes to prayer, many times we can struggle and say, how do I do this? Well, we make room for what's important. What's what's important to us becomes a way of life. If you've got a a phone, a a smartphone, a, a tablet, a computer, chances are you check that, multiple, many, it would be probably scary to know how many times we open that phone, because there's that app. Your app of choice. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, any of these other games or emails, when you open up that phone or you open up that, that tablet or you you open up, you gotta see if there's a little number there. Because that means someone might have sent you something, or somebody that you know might have posted something. I gotta check it out. I can't have any numbers on there. And we get we get addicted to checking that phone and checking everything through. It's kinda scary how much time maybe we we spend on some of these things, myself included. So there's things we do on a regular, daily basis. It becomes a way of life. For many, it would, be, it would be severe, severe, couldn't go through it withdrawal to go one day without checking a cell phone. Just the mere mention of it, some of you about threw up. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I can't open my phone? Nope, give me your phone. Can't use it all day today. What would you do? Or maybe it's something else for you. But that has become a way of life for many of us. For Daniel, and hopefully for us as well, let's put prayer into one of those categories. Let's let's make sure that the time we spend in prayer, this personal discipline, is developed on a regular basis. I mean, we've got habits We listed some of those habits. We listed some of those annoying habits. But there's habits that we do, just how you get ready. You probably do it in a certain way every day. That's your habit, that's your routine. You wouldn't think of squeezing the tube from any other spot but the bottom, the way toothpaste is supposed to be squeezed. Or if you're Kim, from the middle. Anywhere, it didn't matter. Like I said, we, we've solved that. She's got her own uh, tube of toothpaste. I've got my own tube of toothpaste. Hers is squeezed all over. Mine squeezed delicately, systematically from the bottom all the way up. You've got habits. It becomes a way of life. How you function is a certain way, whatever it is. We list some of those silly things. But life, you, you, you become a certain way about things. Do we put prayer in that place? That we're choosing to invest time in this relationship, making it a way of life, us with God. Prayer time. Hopefully it's not, not a chore. Hopefully it's not just, oh, I've got to do that again. Hopefully it's that relationship to be established, to be built, to be grown, to be a way of life. But part of the way of life is also trusting God. We we can trust God when things are going well. (laughs) Because, I mean, God's got it all under control. But what about when things aren't so well? Are we still able to to trust God and trust Him in prayer as that way of life? Daniel went through a lot. We, We shared a little bit of the summary. Being brought from your homeland to a foreign land, brought away from family to a foreign land, placed in in some form of of leadership and government and progressing God's hand upon him in a mighty way, going through the the water and veggies process and and going through each of these other segments and, and now getting to this point where the decree says you can't pray to anybody but God. I'm sorry, anybody but the king, you can't pray to God. Is he going to trust God in this process? Daniel's life showed us that prayer was a way of life for him. The final reason that I believe you and I ought to develop that attitude and aspect of prayer. Why we ought to pray consistently. Not just because it's a relationship, which it is. Not just because it's a way of life, which it ought to be. Ultimately, it comes down to this. Why pray consistently? Because it's a choice. You and I have a choice to make. Verse 10, once again. When Daniel learned that the decree had been published... He went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem and prayed. In fact, it says he prayed three times a day. The decree came, you can't pray to anyone but the king. Daniel had a choice. Daniel had a decision to make. Let me, let me kind of break it down for us. He probably could have picked one of these Three choices. Number one, he could very simply have stopped praying. I mean, God, I prayed three times a day before this decree. I built up a whole bunch of credits. I mean, if prayer was an app, if prayer was a game like Candy Crush, I'd be on level five million, God. Certainly, that's good enough to last me for a while. He could have stopped praying. That was a choice. I mean, it's against the law, God. Shouldn't I obey my my local leadership? He could have stopped praying. If he stopped praying, he would have lost fellowship with the Lord, lost developing that relationship that we've talked about with the Lord, but that would have been a choice. Second, he could have kept praying, but prayed in secret. This is the one I think many of us would probably have done, right? Okay, I'll pray, God, but they don't have to know I'm praying. I used to pray three times a day where my windows opened toward Jerusalem. Anybody could see, anybody could hear, so maybe I kind of close my windows Maybe I kind of go to the other side of the room or the other side of the house or as far away from a window or a door as possible. If I got a closet, maybe I'll get in my closet, literally make it a prayer closet and hide and whisper my prayer to God. In fact, maybe, maybe I'll just sit up and pray in my mind to God. That was his choice. He he could have literally changed how he prayed. That probably would also have changed his ability to lead. Probably would also have changed his witness and maybe ability to impact and influence others. That was something they saw in him that was so strong they had to take him down as a result. But he could have prayed in secret. The third choice, and certainly the one we've seen him make, is he could continue to pray. He could continue to pray. It was a choice to do so. Doing so literally would cost his life. Because the remainder of this biblical account is the consequence is it's not a slap on the wrist, it's it's not a fine, it's not just a little bit of, you know, jail time. It was a trip to the lion's den. To be thrown into the den of lions for praying to God instead of the king. Some pretty big consequences. What would we have done? Would we have stopped praying altogether? Would we have prayed but undercover? Or would we have continued just as we had done before, publicly declaring our private and personal time with God. Daniel made it a choice. He had the courage to be different than more than likely many of us. His allegiance was to the Lord. He was determined to serve God no matter what. That was his choice. Not only did he keep praying But he didn't do so in secret. He did so in public. Exactly the way he had done before. Not just audibly, but with the windows closed. Not just audibly with the windows open, but only once or twice a day. But audibly, three times a day in front of his windows. As he had done before. It was his choice. Many times when it comes to prayer, we and and others share excuses. Real quickly, let me me share a few and let let me try to answer them for us. Many would say this, I can't pray. I don't have time. I'm too busy to pray. It's a big one. I'm too busy. I don't have the time to pray. My answer to that would be this. We make time for what's important to us. Prayer is a choice. As many times as we open that cell phone, as many times as we play that game, that video game, as many times as we root our team on or we watch our show, and when it comes to our show, if if you've got some of those streaming services, a, a Netflix or a Hulu, you can literally watch your show for days and days and days on end. Just watch episode after episode. But yet we don't have time to pray. It literally, it comes down to us. What's important to us, if we're going to develop a relationship with God, let's make time for it, make it important. Second, some would say, but I, I can't pray for very long. I, I, I pray, but I don't know that I've got Hours to pray. Here's what I would say. Start somewhere. Start slow. Sometimes when we we think about praying or we hear a message about praying, our our thoughts and our minds go to that somebody, that that parent, that grandparent, that godly individual in the church uh, from years ago, and that person prayed 25 days, 25 hours a day. That's what we think. If I can't pray 25 hours a day, I I guess I can't pray. Start somewhere and pray. If you're not praying, don't pray 25 hours a day. Maybe start with five minutes. Start small, start somewhere, but pray because it ought to be a relationship. It ought to be a way of life, but ultimately it is a choice. Here's what we know. The more we do something, the easier it becomes. Look at anything that you've attempted, in school or in jobs, any any hobby that you've taken up or a project you've undertaken. When you started it, you thought, I'll never be able to figure this out. But you spent some time and you spent a little more time, and pretty soon it was easier. So begin to pray, spend a few minutes in prayer, and pretty soon you'll find that few minutes stretching out a little bit longer. There's there's more in your heart to pray and more in your heart to say and maybe more of that desire to be silent and listen. Another excuse some might say is this. Speaking of saying, I don't know what to say. I mean, I know I should pray, I've heard about it, we, we do it as a, as a church body and people pray for needs, so do I just pray about needs? What's this thing about a, a prayer life? What's this thing about a relationship with God? I've shared this on a number of occasions over the years. It, I've heard this for years. I'm sure many of you have heard this for years, but it's an acronym for PRAY, P-R-A-Y. If you've never heard it, jot it down. Here's just a, some few practical things. For the P, let it stand for praise. We can spend a little part of our prayer time praising, thanking God for who He is, thanking God for the the things that He's done in our lives. We can praise and thank Him. The R could stand for repent. Part of our prayer time would be asking God to cleanse, asking God to forgive, making sure that we're right with Him. If there's sins that's taken place, taking place in our lives. God, cleanse me. God, forgive me. God, keep me strong. So praise, repent, A, ask. That can be the the prayer requests, uh, the the prayers for needs, whether it's for others. Praying for others, we might call intercession. We intercede for them. We're praying on their behalf. God, heal these bodies. We do that together when we pray about many of those needs. Heal these bodies, provide, encourage, strengthen, comfort. But We can also pray for needs in our own life. We can ask God. And finally, the why, P-R-A-Y is yield. Allow God to lead and guide and direct us that we would yield to him. Not my will, but yours. Not in my time frame, but yours in your time as I pray, as I repent, as I ask for needs and requests, I'm going to yield to you and what you desire. It doesn't mean that every prayer is answered immediately. There's a a variety of different answers. Sometimes we pray, and God answers, and it's Man, it's incredible, it's awesome how God supplies and meets that need so quickly, sometimes literally before we ask. Yet there's other times that we pray, and we pray, and we pray, and we we pray some more, and, and we ask some other people to pray with us, and we continue praying, and that need is still not met. That request is still not answered. It's not up to us to figure out how God's going to answer, but we can certainly bring those requests and needs to Him, but we can yield to His desire. Sometimes it's a yes, sometimes it's a no, sometimes it's a later, it's a not yet, it's a slow down, or sometimes it might be grow in me. So start somewhere. In just a few moments As we conclude our service, we're going to give you an opportunity to spend just a short portion of time in prayer. Let's not allow this to be the only time that we spend in prayer today, but we can spend a a little time of prayer. If you've struggled with developing a prayer life, start somewhere and start small. Don't start by saying, I'm going to pray 10 hours a day. Not going to happen. Don't say, okay, I'm going to start. I haven't prayed for for months or for years. Uh, I'm going to be aggressive. I'm going to pray for an hour a day. That's great, but that's probably not where you're going to start. Start with a few minutes. Pick up an Our Daily Bread devotional and read the scripture and and read the little uh, devotional and and spend a, a few minutes praying about some of the questions it asks you. Start with a few minutes by Praising, repenting, asking, and yielding. And maybe do that for a week or two. And then I believe you're going to find that that few minutes might stretch to five. It might stretch a little bit longer than that. Don't try to put time limits on things. Don't try to say, if I can't pray 25 hours in a day, I just pray nothing. Start somewhere, start small, and pray. Let's give God our best. Don't wait until it's like 11.59 and you're looking at the clock and you say, oh, I haven't prayed today. So before you roll over in bed and get zonked out and maybe start snoring, you take five seconds to say, dear God, amen. Yep, I prayed today. Let's give God our best. If you're you're a morning person, let's carve out a little time in the morning and give God our best. Afternoon, evening, find some time that works in your schedule. Many with kids or grandkids or, or job or work or school. Find some time, carve it out, give him our best. Let's get rid of some of those distractions, put some of those things to the side, and it's just us and him, maybe us and him and his word. Practical ways that we can pray consistently. We do that because prayer Is a relationship with God We do that because prayer is And ought to be a way of life And we do that because Prayer is ultimately Our choice